chapter 3. It was one of my favorite passages as a young man, as a young Christian. Uh, And I always read two of these verses, verses 5 and 6, in isolation. But I think in order to understand verses 5 and 6, we also need to look at verses 3 and 4. So let's let's read those uh, right now. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. So you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and of man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. What a great verse. If you haven't memorized those verses, uh, I would encourage you to do so. I always get confused a bit because when I first memorized verses, I memorized them in the King James Version. uh, And then the New International Version came out. We used that for many years. And so I memorized a lot of scripture in the NIV. But now we, we use the ESV. And sometimes it's frustrating when I'm trying to find a passage. I can't find it in the ESV. And so I have to go and do a search in the NIV. And I remember what it is there. Uh, So it's funny how these things shift. But I would encourage you to memorize these verses because they are absolutely essential for us to prepare for change. Now, over the last few weeks, we've looked at things like trusting in the sovereignty of God, following the Holy Spirit, allowing the Holy Spirit to set us free from our expectations and our loss avoidance. Um, We've we've talked to... um, uh, a bit about uh, you know how to focus our lives, uh, looking for the Lord, listening for the Lord, and just a, a number of things. And today I want to talk about uh, what the scripture is talking about here, are a combination of character qualities and trust in the Lord. And you need the character qualities in order to fully trust in the Lord as we need to trust in him. In other words, Without verses 3 and 4, and those being implemented in your life, you can't get really to verses 5 and 6. And there are a lot of people who try to trust in the Lord with all their heart and lead not on their own understanding. But if they haven't dealt with steadfast love and faithfulness, they won't get there. So what is Solomon writing here? You know, he says, let steadfast love and faithfulness not forsake you. Now, by steadfast love, uh, this great Hebrew word, chesed, you don't need to know that. Uh, I just need to justify going to seminary 30 years ago sometimes. Uh, And so uh, with with chesed, uh, it means covenant faithfulness. So I married Karen, as all of you know, uh, like 35 years ago. And uh, I know that's longer than some of you in this room have been alive and some of you watching have been alive. Uh, Hey, 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 I I love rubbing that in. But anyway, now obviously I love my wife, but I can say I love my wife, but if I'm not faithful to the covenant that I made with her, if I don't honor the covenant I made with her, I don't really love her. So if I said to my wife, hey, I, I love you, but then I'm sleeping around, that's not covenant faithfulness. That's not steadfast love like Solomon is talking about, like it means in the Hebrew. So this steadfast love 
is faithfulness to the covenant relationships that you have with other people. It's honoring those relationships and showing love in the midst of those relationships. We need to be people who demonstrate love. And steadfast love is not an emotion. It's not something you feel. It is something you do. It's something you do. And then he talks about faithfulness. Now, what is faithfulness? Faithfulness is just what it it says. You are faithful to your promises. You keep on keeping on. You don't quit. You don't back down. I mean, one of the things that really troubles my spirit so often is how frequently Christians are not faithful. And that's even pastors and church leaders. You know, I've seen a number of pastors or church leaders that they want to get in the church and they do their own thing. Uh, They want the church to serve them, not them to serve the church. Uh, Or I've seen pastors who will just jump uh, to another church or another uh, opportunity as soon as it presents itself. That's not faithfulness. Faithfulness means that you keep on living your life day to day with consistency in accordance with the word of God. That's what faithfulness is all about. And faithfulness is judged day by day by day. Uh, You know, I won't know if I'm fully faithful to my wife until I die. When I die, not having broken our covenant relationships, then I know I've been totally faithful. So that's how we have to be thinking about our lives. You don't know if you're living faithfully to God uh, until the end of your life. When you can look back like Paul did and said, I fought the fight, I've run the race, I've kept the faith. That is what faithfulness is all about. And so Solomon says here, and, and these are essential for us to prepare ourselves for change. Solomon says, let steadfast love, real genuine love and faithfulness, don't let them forsake you. Don't let them leave you. And he says two things here. He says, bind them around your neck and write them on your heart. Binding something around your neck reminds me of when I used to go to a lot of conferences. And my favorite conference was one where they gave you one of these name tags. So they always gave you name tags. And I really hated the cheapo conferences that gave you one of those you stick on, right? They're awful. But even more, I disliked the name badges that had the the safety pin behind them. I mean, I'm tearing my shirt here, uh, you know, and I and I'm you know I'm a man, so I'm as just as likely to poke myself as to poke my shirt. Uh, and so, but what I really liked were the conferences where they gave you one of those lanyards, where you put that around your neck and you wore your name right there in the front, and that's great. And the really cool ones also give you something on the other side that you look at, like the schedule or something like that. And that was great. So I would put that around my neck, and people would know who I am or who I was. That's what Solomon's talking about here, that our steadfast love and our faithfulness should be so obvious that people can identify us by it. That's how much steadfast love and faithfulness we need to have. That people see us and they say, wow, that's a person of steadfast love. Wow, that's a person of faithfulness. I tell you, my single, 
most encouraging encounter with somebody who's not a Christian happened about, oh, I guess about 12 years ago, maybe, maybe 10 years ago, something like that. I was at a conference, actually it was a week-long training event, and on the last day of this event, we got to go around to the other participants. It was a small group, so there was about 10 of us, 12 of us. And we were told to go around the, uh, to the other participants and say something you know, to them to encourage them, build them up or something like that. And this one guy had been really problematic the whole week. You know, he, uh, he, he liked to stir things up. But on that day, he came to me and he looked at me and he looked up to me because he's kind of short. He looked up at me and said, you are a mountain of love. And I thought, that is so cool. I didn't think of myself like that. I really didn't. But that this non-Christian guy saw that in me was one of the, the best compliments that I think I've received in my entire life. Uh, and it still just resonates in my spirit today that somebody would see that. Now, that's what Solomon is talking about here. Hang this stuff on your neck. People need to see your faithfulness. People need to see your steadfast love. It needs to be obvious. And you got to write it on your heart. So it's not enough for people to see it. It's got to be on the inside as well. If your faithfulness and your steadfast love is not coming from your inside, from who you are, people will know that. They'll look at you and say, well, you're a fake. You're a hypocrite. What do you want? What are you trying to get? So we need to be people who are really focusing our lives to show and embody steadfast love and faithfulness. And this is an intentionality. It's an intentional thing that we have to do. Uh, it doesn't happen by accident. We have to make a choice every single day to show steadfast love and to show faithfulness. Every single day, we've got to get up and say, I want to be faithful to the Lord. I want to be faithful in my relationships. I want to show God's steadfast love, unchanging foundational love to people around me. And so that's the foundation. We need to prepare ourselves. And people living by steadfast love and faithfulness will have a resilience in the midst of change that is empowering and upbuilding not only for them but for other people. When people around you are going through change and they see your steadfast love and faithfulness, you will become an anchor for them as they go through change and you will actually begin to draw those people to yourself. You know, you'll see that. You'll see that begin to happen. So that's the first part of this. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. And then trust in the Lord with all your heart. Now notice how this connects. If you've got the steadfast love and the faithfulness that's there in your heart, you direct that steadfast love not only to people, but most importantly, to God. And that steadfast love and that faithfulness, which by the way, for us as Christians, comes through our relationship with Jesus. You see, the thing is here, if you have Jesus, if you've surrendered your life to Jesus Christ and you're a Jesus follower, the Holy Spirit has already come on the inside of you and is helping you 
to live out of that steadfast love and faithfulness. So it's not just a work. It's not something we drum up and and try to generate within ourselves. It's actually something that the Holy Spirit does within us. So then he goes on and says then, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Oh, sorry, I, I skipped a verse. I hate it when I do that. That's what I get for not looking there. Uh, Verse four, this is great. So you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. Now that that word success there, uh, it's hard to translate, but what it actually means is knowledge that leads you to being effective or successful. So what Solomon is saying here that if we've got the steadfast love and the faithfulness, what happens is, and it's echoing what I just said, that we will find favor with human beings as they connect to us, as they're drawn to that steadfast love and faithfulness. We also find favor with God. Now there, even though God loves us 100%, completely, fully as his, as his children, uh, there can be different levels of favor from God. And so God can increase our favor with with him, with other people. And so we want to find uh, uh, an increase in our favor with God uh, and also an increase of knowledge of information that helps us to live our lives effectively and fruitfully. That's what the, the whole idea behind good success is there. You will find favor and good success in the sight of God and human beings. And then as that is unfolding, then we trust in the Lord with all our heart. We trust in the Lord with all our heart. This is the foundational part of this. Our faith, our focus needs to be on God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And we must choose to trust in him 100%. And our trust in him will flow out of that uh, steadfast love and faithfulness. It will flow out of that favor and that good success, that good information that we need uh, for how we live. Our trust in the Lord is kind of flows out of all of those things. And it is what anchors us as we go through times of significant change, like we're going through. So the trust that we have in God Going back a few weeks ago, we said we need to trust the Lord's sovereignty, have faith in his sovereignty. So we trust in the Lord with all our heart. And that is what brings us through the season of change. Now, it's key here what Solomon goes on to say. He says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. One of the most difficult things that we often do that confuse us and and cause us to struggle through change is we try to make sense of it ourselves. We try to lean on our own understanding. I remember in my last church, I was going through a really terrible, difficult time. Uh, Frankly, I thought that the church would probably get rid of me, which it didn't. Uh, But so I was praying to the Lord and asking the Lord about this. And I said, okay, God, you know, it's clear that uh, things are not going to go well here. I'm probably going to have to move on. 
Uh, so uh, where are we going to next? You know, what's going to happen next? And the Lord spoke to me and he said, Rod, don't try to figure it out. You cannot figure it out. So don't even try. So I said, okay. And I didn't get kicked out of the church. Actually, we went through a difficult time. We came out to a place of health. And that, that's when City Temple called me. And I remember sharing with one of my elders at, the last, uh, at that last church. Uh, at the time, I was telling them, now I'm going to move to London. I said to him, I said, Eric, I just can't figure this out. I can't figure out what, what God has done, what he's doing. And immediately, God reminded me of what he told me 18 months earlier, that I couldn't figure it out. We must not try to lean on our own understanding. If you try to focus on your own understanding, you'll mess it up. You'll mess it up. So trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. All Again, all of this is flowing out of steadfast love and faithfulness, the favor and good success. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. In all your ways, acknowledge him. What this means is that everything we do, whether it's your job, uh, whether it's your relationships, uh, whether it's the fun you have, in everything that you do, you need to acknowledge the Lord, which means you need to seek the Lord and understand whether or not he actually approves of what you're doing. Now, because there's a lot of times we do things and we don't really have uh, that sense from the Lord that God approves of this, that it's right, it's the right thing to do. Uh, and so we really need to be careful with that. We must not lean on our own understanding. Uh, we must acknowledge him in all our ways. And if we do acknowledge him in all our ways, he will make our paths straight. This is important. This is a promise that we can rely on. If we are acknowledging God, uh, now what I'm going to say here, I don't want you to mistake it. I am not excusing sin. Okay, sin is sin. Sin is always bad. Don't sin. If you're doing it, stop it. Right? I mean, that's so this is not an endorsement of sin. I just need to make this clear. But what this is saying, if we are acknowledging God in all of our ways, if you mess things up, and we all mess things up, if you mess things up, if you start to go astray, if you start to veer from one side to the other, God will straighten you out. God will make your path straight. That means when you go to work tomorrow, or if you're working virtually in this season, when you engage in work tomorrow, if you're acknowledging the Lord in all the things you're doing at work, if you're trusting in Him, leaning not on your own understanding, if you mess things up, He'll help you fix it. He'll help you straighten it out. If you fail, if you say something wrong to a friend or just don't do the right thing at the right time, we all fail, we all make mistakes. It means that the mistakes that you make will never be greater than God's ability to deal with them. You know that? There's nothing you can do that trumps God's sovereignty. There's nothing you do where God looks down and says, oh, whoa, oh gosh, you did that now. I can't do anything. My hands are tied. God doesn't work that way. 
So this is a powerful realization, a powerful statement, a powerful set of verses for how we navigate through the change. We take the steadfast love and the faithfulness, we bind them around our neck, write them on our heart so everybody can see it, so it's flowing out of our lives. Because of that, we find favor with God and with, with people. We also uh, get the information that we need to succeed, to be effective in what we're doing. Then we choose to trust in the Lord with all our heart because that's where the steadfast love and faithfulness is based. We don't trust in our own understanding. We don't try to figure out life and, and be frozen until we do. We acknowledge God in all our ways and he sets our paths straight. And those straight paths take us through the change that is coming. Doesn't mean it'll be easy. Doesn't mean it will be painless. But it does mean that God's with us. And it does mean that we don't have to be victims of the change that's happening. It means that we can simply choose to prepare ourselves in the power of the Holy Spirit because we are children of God in Jesus Christ. We can prepare ourselves with these verses to go through the change that is coming to us. And that's really good news. Let's pray. Father God, we honor you, we worship you, we adore you, and we thank you. You are such a good and gracious God. And we know that you love us with all the passion of your being. And we thank you for loving us in that way. Uh, we honor you for the love that you've shown us through your son, Jesus Christ. Uh, we just, you know, it's so amazing. We thank you. We praise you. We worship you. Now, Lord, as we go uh, continue in your presence tonight, I pray that you'd guide our prayers, uh, that our prayers might be honoring to you, that you might lead us every step of the way and everything we pray, everything we do, everything we sing, everything we say, that they might bring you glory and honor through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.